Before I get into today's interview, I want to take a few moments to acknowledge the events that has happened in Christchurch. There is no place for this sort of behaviour in New Zealand. In the words of our Prime Minister, we represent diversity, kindness, compassion and a home for those who share our values and a refuge for those who need it. Our thoughts and prayers are with those families and communities affected. This week, I am speaking to Pick, the founder and CEO of Pick's Peanut Butter. Pick is incredibly passionate about his peanut butter. He has gone from operating out of his garage to running a multi-million dollar factory with has seen more than 20,000 jars a day exported. But before peanut butter, Pig had started probably more businesses than years I have been alive. Pig had a chat to me about his journey, what he has learned over all these years, and how delegation enabled him to build a peanut butter empire. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Pig, thank you so much for joining us this week. Well, it's a pleasure. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and where did you grow up? I am 66 years old and I grew up in, I was born in Wellington, I grew up in Auckland and then I moved to Nelson 24 years ago. So I live in Nelson now. Nelson's quite a beautiful place. It's lovely, I really like it here. How did you first get interested in business? I'd always had my own business, so when I was at school, I learned how to make sandals, and I made sandals for my friends and belts and things out of leather, so uh, I, was, I was able to make a little bit of pocket money while I was at school, and, uh, and when I left school, I learned how to make bags, and I was able to sell them, so I was able to support myself in my own business for, uh, for most of the time. You have run a number of businesses. Can you tell me about that? And what led you into starting a peanut butter business? So I started off with the sandals and belts, and then I started making bags, which were much better because I used to be able to sell them to my mother's friends rather than to my own friends. And my mother's friends had a lot more money than my friends did. Uh, So I made leather things for quite some time. And then I had one or two jobs uh, working in a garage and then I got back into making leather things and I combined it with wood and I learned how to make furniture. So I made furniture for um, for about 10 years, one-off furniture, and I really enjoyed doing that. And then I started making giftware. So I started a giftware business. I made boxes with an emergency break glass, with cigarettes and tea bags and various things inside them and uh, flower presses and bits and pieces that I sold around New Zealand. Uh, and I did that for quite some time, and I got sick of that, and I built a boat, and I went sailing off around the Pacific. And after I came back, I opened a restaurant in Nelson and closed that. I lost a bit of money with my restaurant, and after that I started up a charter boat directory, thinking that I might charter my boat out. Uh, the charter boat directory ran nicely for six or seven years, and then I started a sailing school. So I taught people how to. I taught people keelboat keel boat sailing, and then I had to give that up because my eyesight was getting quite bad, and I had a little laundromat, 
uh, left over. And then the laundromat closed, and I had to think of how I was going to get a little bit of money to top up my retirement. And I thought I could make peanut butter in the weekends and sell it at the market and get the money back from the laundromat. And that's what started the peanut butter business. Wow, that's so diverse. So what did people think when you decided to go into the peanut butter business? Most people thought I was completely crazy. They thought, they thought oh my goodness, that's another mad scheme of pickos and it'll never come to anything. But uh, that's that. So they told me that now. They said, oh gosh, when you started making peanut butter, I thought, that was a, I thought you were absolutely crazy. I thought, that's another, another dumb thing. But uh, they've, they've all... Uh, they're all, you know, very happy for me now. It's lovely. So am I right that you just started making peanut butter out of your garage? That's right. So I, uh, I had a garage, and I, and I wanted to. I was, um, I got myself a concrete mixer to do the roasting in because it would roast the nuts nice and evenly. And I got a concrete mixer and I set it up in my garage because I couldn't get it into the house. So I roasted the peanuts in my garage and I took the peanut, the roasted peanuts upstairs into the kitchen and I ground them up in the kitchen and put them into jars in the kitchen. Did everything go to plan? Well, pretty much, although one day I'd, uh, the, the concrete mixer was mounted on wheels because I thought I might have to move it around the place a little bit and put it, you know, take it to a proper kitchen sometimes rather than roasting in the garage. And uh, my driveway is at the top of a Steep, my, my garage is at the top of a steep driveway, and uh, when I was cleaning it out, I left it on, and, and the um, and the concrete mixture edged itself to the edge of the garage, and then took off down the drive, and crashed into the street uh, with the the power, uh, the power cord and the uh, and the gas bottle trailing behind it. And I thought everything was ruined, then, but uh, it was it still worked, so that was really good. So I was able to continue with my roasting, but that certainly wouldn't go to plan. Where did you first sell your peanut butter? At the Nelson's uh, Farmer's Market. So they had a farmer's market on Friday afternoons here at Nelson. And so I went along to that with about, oh, I had 30 or 40 jars of peanut butter. And I set up a stall and I had a, a friend's son um, who, uh, he, was, he was 13 or 14 and he really liked selling stuff. How did you grow your business? Well, I was selling at the market and then I went to a slightly bigger market and I was keeping it small. I didn't want to get too big. I didn't want too much stress in my life. And then the local supermarket said they wanted 96 jars, which was sort of two weeks production. Anyway, I made it for them and they sold it. and, and, uh, And then I got a couple of people in to help me. And so there were three of us working away, and uh, we were going quite nicely, and I thought, this is fine. And then um, more people kept wanting it, and and, um, and in the end, I decided I'll just see where, see where it ends up, just go for broke, pretty much, and see where the whole business ends up. What did you learn during that time? Was it hard? No, it didn't seem hard. It was uh, What I did learn, though, was because my eyesight's not very good, and uh, so I got people in who were much better at things than I was to help me. And uh, and because in the past when I'd had businesses and things, I'd I'd, um, I'd always tried to do everything myself because I thought I could do everything better than anybody else. But when my eyesight started getting bad, um, I, I I soon learned that if I got people in who could do things really well and let them get on with it, 
and not annoyed them, they would produce much better results than I could because there are some people who love doing things like, that I used to really hate. And also there are things I used to love and people are much better at doing it than I am. So I've been able to concentrate on the things that I can do well without you know, being able to see that well and let other people get on with their jobs. and They do it pretty beautifully. So what I've learned is the value of teamwork, I think. How did you get your product off the ground? I just gave people tastes. And I mean, I'm assuming you've had uh, you've had my peanut butter, have you? Here, have you tried it? Yes, I have it in my cupboard. Yeah, so it's pretty good peanut butter. In fact, it's really good peanut butter. Yeah. And so when people try it, they uh, they want to buy it. So the, the the secret has been getting as many people to try it as we possibly can, and then trusting those people to tell their friends about it. And that seems to be what happens. And so people tell their friends. And then their friends tell their friends, and so it grows like that. You are now selling your peanut butter across the world. How did you get your product overseas? We started off with my sister in Australia. Once the Australians came to the Nelson market here and tried the stuff, and then they went back home and they wanted to buy it, so we just made sure it was available to them. And then the same thing happened with uh, in, in Japan. We've had Japanese people in New Zealand. And they try it and they want to buy it. So we just make sure it's available to them in Japan. And so that's been really the answer to making it available overseas. The other thing has been to go overseas uh, uh, myself and uh, my colleagues. And we go overseas quite often and make sure that we have it available to, uh, to people in other countries. Were there any hard decisions you had to make during that time? I think the hardest decision I had to make was deciding to not keep the brakes on. So when I started, I thought, I don't want to get stressed out. I don't need to make lots of money or anything. And and uh, I didn't, you know, and, and then it was quite a hard decision to decide, okay, I'm going to um, make this, let this business get as big as it wants to. And so we've, you know, we just take on more and more people, and we uh, we keep building new peanut butter um, lines to fill the jars when we need more capacity. And so the, that initial decision to uh, to let the business grow was one of the hardest ones, I think. What advice would you give people expanding their business overseas? Um, I would say go overseas, go over there, and 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 spend your time over there. There's no point in sitting here in New Zealand and thinking you're going to send all this stuff overseas and think you can push it out into the world. You've actually got to go out into the world and pull it into other countries. So that's the answer, is to spend time in those overseas markets and uh, bring your product you know, into the markets overseas rather than sit here in New Zealand and try and push it out. With all the growth, how did you keep focus on all the right things? Uh, I think I had the right. I have got the right people around me. So we have, uh, I have some really clever people with me who have extraordinary skills in the uh, in their areas of expertise. And so I've been able to just spend my time, you know, thinking about where we're going to be in the next five years and making plans for long for the long term. You are now branching out from peanut butter to selling to selling boysenberry jelly. How did you know it was the right time to grow your product range? 
Well, uh, my friends who grow boysenberries came to me and said, look, we've got all these boysenberries and we don't know what to do with them. And uh, I thought, well, we could make some delicious jam, or jelly, we call it jelly. Uh, we could make some really delicious boysenberry jelly with their product. And uh, boysenberries aren't really well known outside of New Zealand. Uh, and they're quite, they're fairly unique to New Zealand. So not many countries know about boysenberries. So it's, a, it's rather a special product. So it's been really exciting to make boysenberry jelly and to, um, and to help my friends and to make something that's made with local New Zealand uh, ingredients, local Nelson ingredients, something. How is the jelly going? It's going very well. It's in New World supermarkets in New Zealand now, and we're just starting to get it out into, the, into Australia. So it's very popular. People really love our jelly, and it goes particularly well with peanut butter. With all the success, your team has grown. How do you approach finding the right people for your business? Sometimes it's just sheer luck. The right people turn up, but the rest of the times uh, we work with a um, with a, an employment consultancy business. And so for factory positions, we ask people to go and join a local temps agency, and they come along and work for us on, uh, as as we need staff and the people that we really like. We ask them to come and work with us full time. And the other positions, like the more managerial positions, we uh, we advertise and interview people and that sort of thing. But it's lovely. It's lovely to be part of a company that people want to work for. You have turned down VCs interested in your business. Why did you say no? Uh, well, at the moment, you know, we're happy just growing at the speed growing, and uh, I don't want to sort of grow... Uh, much faster. We're, we're very happy with our growth and we don't need to pour a whole lot of money into the company to keep it growing. It's growing very nicely of its own accord. So, you know, I don't, most of the money that we make goes straight back into the business. And uh, so it's working really nicely and I don't, you know, we don't need to be paying lots of money out to our shares. At what stage, while you were growing your business, did you start to lose your eyesight? When I started the business, my eyesight was failing. Um, I was I read my last book in the first year I was making peanut butter, and five years ago I stopped driving. So uh, yeah, so it's been a gradual thing. But um, it's as I say, it's been very helpful because it's made me have to delegate, and that's been very very advantageous for me. Delegation has been a key for you. What have you learned? Uh, I think I have learned that the uh, I've done some management courses and I realised that a lot of managers, a lot of owner managers particularly, find it very difficult to delegate, to get to, to, to trust other people to do the jobs that they've been doing. So a lot of owner managers will work insane hours and terribly hard and wear themselves ragged trying to do everything and uh, by delegating uh, is the secret to success. Get the right people around you, people with you know, better skills than, than you have, and to let them get on with the job. What's your ultimate dream for your business? Oh, well, I'm just happy to uh, employ more and more people. Uh, I love employing people and giving people opportunities to you know, show the, their skills and to learn things. And uh, you know, support their families. I really enjoy just doing that, and uh, and I like also being useful for New Zealand in, in that 
we're able to you know, help New Zealand by exporting, which means that we can buy more stuff from overseas and, you know, maintain a good standard of living for everybody. What could entrepreneurs do to help themselves succeed? I think you have to, if you're an entrepreneur, you have to be enthusiastic and you have to just get in and do stuff. You can't just sit there and be a great entrepreneur and have wonderful plans and rush around raising money and you need to actually just get stuck in and do something. So I think, you know, I think anyone who does something, gets off their bottom and does something, could be considered an entrepreneur. And some of the things you do will work and some of the things you do will won't work. But if, as long as you keep doing something, you're, make, you, you, you know, you're, you're in the game. And if you're not doing anything, you're sitting around talking about what you're going to do and having great ideas and not doing anything about them. Um, you don't, uh, you don't, uh, you don't, it doesn't work. If you could go back in time, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, I... I don't know. I'm very happy with my life. You know, I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Sometimes I think, oh gosh, it would have been great to have started this business when I was 30, but I had a really good time when I was 30. I did lots of things I really enjoyed doing. And uh, so, you know, I would say just get, keep keep doing stuff, keep trying, you know. And uh, I don't think, you know, I don't think I really put my feet, put my feet wrong anywhere. Um, I'm very happy with the way my life has turned out. Who inspires you, Pick? Oh, I think there was uh, colleagues of my father uh, when he was he was involved with um, Food Town Supermarket, and they had a very a very cool guy that, uh, that looked after that ran the business, and he was always very enthusiastic. His name was Tom Archie, and he was he was always excited about what he was doing. He was he was always happy to meet people. Um, and then I really love you know I love people like Nelson Mandela who. who who uh, really care about other people and you know have have the capacity just to, uh, to achieve remarkable things by sheer um, you know love for, for people that they're working with and I find that really inspiring. Okay, final question for me: What has surprised you the most through this journey thus far? Well, I think what is one of the things that has surprised me most is how excited people get. About can get about a, a grocery thing, you know. It's peanut butter, and I mean, I know I love peanut butter myself, and and uh, and I and I have always loved it. But but I, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to see how excited other people get, how much they appreciate it, and how they take it to their hearts and you know share it with their friends. It's it has been a very surprising thing to see. So I guess that's the most remarkable thing about this uh, this, this business is how. How people, you know, take our peanut butter to heart so much and tell their friends about it, share it with their kids. It's it's wonderful. Thank you for joining us, Pick. It was a great time having you on my show. Thank you very much, Eli, and I look forward to uh, listening to your podcast in the future. Thanks for joining us this week. If you enjoyed this interview, please leave me a comment down below and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your network. As always, stay awesome and share the love.